Hello everyone and welcome back to this week's episode of the 107 podcast. Obviously, last week we weren't around, uh, we took our own summer break, um, but uh, that was partly because Ash was very, very busy. Um, but I do have a question, did did you miss me? Miss who? Sorry? Me, did you miss me over the break? I forgot your name. Well, that's it for the one. <laughs> no, welcome back, everyone. I you even uh, existed. Yeah, just completely just checked out. I was out. like, this is a pun-free existence I'm living in right now. Uh, that sounds like hell. Um, uh, yes. No, of course of course, I missed you. I missed Terry Moore, but I did miss yeah, you. Yeah, that's, that, that's completely understandable, as well, <laughs> to be completely honest. Uh, welcome, Terry. Uh, Terry is obviously back from, oh, like episode like 17, something like that. Um, it's been a while, but how are things wow. with you, Terry? Yeah, no, really good. Um, first of all, thanks for having me back on. Um, delighted to be back on it. I can't believe it's that long ago since we were we were doing a podcast last time. It seems like time's just flown. It, it really has. has. Yeah, but it's uh, it's really really good to to have you back for sure. Um, and it's really good to have Formula One back. We are back at Zandvoort this weekend. It's race week. We are. It yeah, is. it's race. Cheers, last. Finally, and uh, congratulations to Terry on joining FanAmp. So if you're not on FanAmp, actually, Terry, do you want to just give a quick shout out to that and how they can follow you there? Yeah, so um, I joined FanAmp during the summer break, so about um, two weeks ago now. So I've got my own base on there. So it'd be bringing you all of the Coffee Corner news. So it's literally on there. You can select your own base. You can get all of the latest videos, all of the latest chat. Um, you can interact a bit like um, a Facebook page, so it's a bit more interactive than what I normally do on TikTok. And yeah, just download the app and just head on over. I've got a link in my bio on all of my stuff to, to download and go straight to my part on there. But really exciting times. Yeah, it looks good. An app dedicated to Formula One. Yeah, it's really good place to, to actually get on there. And there's some really good content for some travel on there and some various other bits on there, like fans, CF1, and a real good mix on there. Awesome. Yeah, I look forward to. Uh, the content you produce from there, as always. But as long as Coffee Corner stays, we're happy. <laughs> it's staying. It's an extension. There's, there's no change to the existing Coffee Corner. It's branch branching out. Oh, <laughs> yeah. good. Oh, good. Um, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No, please, Ash, take it away. No, I was going to say, um, kind of before we go into kind of the in-depth season review of the teams and how have you found the season so far generally from you know an FIA perspective, from a TV production perspective? You know, we've had Sky Sports Kids. And just generally how you found the racing as well, because early on in the season, there's a lot of complaints that the ground effects have gone a little bit too far. So what are your overall thoughts on the season so far? Kind of not going too much into teams and drivers. Um, it's been good. I think the TV coverage could be a lot better. I think they're focusing on the wrong battles, which I don't think is helping. Yeah, I think there's actually a lot more closer racing than what we're currently seeing on TV. And I don't think it's getting picked up enough. So I think there's some editorial stuff that can be done better. And the Sky Kids, I quite enjoyed a bit of change. You know, what, what brought to Hungary, you know, the cartoon graphics, all those sorts of things. I know, you know, Jensen, my boy, absolutely loved that side of it. So, yeah, it was really great to see him interacting with it in, in a way that he doesn't That's normally. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it kind of fitted in with his autism, all of his things. He loves like colours, bright things. So he really enjoyed seeing those characters on there. So yeah, I think yeah, racing is I think it could be better, but it's the second year in new regulations. Things are calming down a bit now. There's been a few shocks in there, as I'm sure we go through, but I think it's getting a rough sort of coverage when it doesn't need to. In a funny sort of way, just because of obviously what's happening towards the top, so 
Yeah, there, there is that thing like it's kind of just a Red Bull advert every couple of weeks. <laughs> Drink Red yeah. Bull. Um, and yeah, there is closer racing usually in the mid pack and down throughout that just gets missed out. Um, and I think, like you said, can actually show, you know what, Formula One is more exciting than when it comes on with Max dominating. And we know he just races away with it, but there are some great midfield battles that hopefully they'll start to focus on in, in the later se- half of the season. But yeah, yeah, I, I'm kind of in agreement. I think, I think maybe Jacob is probably more attuned and probably speaking on this a little bit more. Um, but it seems that they're making too many changes, if that makes sense, like changing up sprint qualifying and how yeah. it is now and like rule changes and clarification of rules and like, what does this mean? What does that mean? And it seems like a little bit's coming too much at once when it's like, we don't mind a change, but kind of just slowly roll it out. I I don't have a problem with, with testing things. That's my thing. Yeah. I don't have a problem with you giving it a go once every now and again. Like the new quality format where it was each t- like a different tyre compound during Hungary. Brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely love that. Um, and if you wanted to do other bits and pieces like that, go for it as a one-off thing, um, especially during a sprint quality, because that's when you can really mess around with things because there's just there's not as many points on offer, let's be honest. Um, but I did also see, um, uh, not Martin Brundle, um, uh, Crofty stole my idea of having a separate sprint qualifying, or a se- separate sprint qualifying? Separate sprint world championship and then having a normal world championship so thief yeah um (laughs) not that that was my original idea but i'm claiming it uh but yeah it's uh definitely something which i think should be looked into because i think that it's just two completely different things to be completely honest like you look at Haas, they would do amazing in that championship but just not very good in normal world championships so i think it's something that could be looked at to be completely honest um but like uh my biggest gripe i guess is changing tire compounds halfway through the season uh, that's not on unless it's for safety which obviously 100 percent on board with but this didn't seem to be and it's although it's jumbled things up and made things a bit more interesting it's just not right it doesn't sit right with me that would that would be my only bit of feedback. What do you think, Terry? Go on. No, I was just about to say. Um, I think you're right. We've got to try these things in places. There's never a good time in Formula One. Sometimes, yeah. um, I think there's a lot of work to be done to sit around sprint weekends. You know, Friday Park for me, for example, things like that. I think of just making things less entertaining because of the rules and regulations they force themselves yeah. into by by having it on there. So I think there's some work to be done on that. I did the idea of a separate championship. I even like the idea of branching out a bit and making you know rookies drive some of the sprint races as well, which would be really good for them as well to get some experience. So even if you add mm. you know your rookie sessions as part of a sprint championship, there's some things you could on that. Tire compounds I think my big gripe with Pirelli is completely on tire compounds for the whole year, not even the changing from they are rubbish. Yeah, you know, they are absolutely the worst set of tires. You you can't be having situations like Max where he's what 20, 30 laps in on a set of tires that shouldn't be lasting, setting fastest laps still on old worn tires, and then you got someone like Czech who I think was on mediums at the time, fresh set of tires can't get near him. Yeah, that sort of that can't be happening in the Formula One. I, I get no. they've got to be safe, and I get that, like you say, safety is paramount. You know, no one wants to see exploding tires and crashes. Honestly, for, he, sorry, yeah. just very quickly for me, bring back Bridgestone or Michelin because <laughs> yeah. are just they're just not up to scratch as far as I'm concerned. Well, 
to to play devil's advocate, and I only say this because I think this is what DC mentions a lot, and kind of question for you, Terry, is it Pirelli or is it the FIA who mandate this is what we want the tyres to do? We want this to last X amount of laps and we don't want it to be... Are we, are we kind of maybe placing blame at the foot of the wrong person here? Because Pirelli is like, we can make you a tyre that lasts five laps, but, you know, we talk about sustainability. I think, I think it's a bit of both. I think there's a bit around it being Pirelli and, and that sort of thing, but I also wonder sometimes if the pressure from the FIA is, when we talk about compound changes, is that a sly way to make the season more exciting without us knowing? So did that pressure come from the FIA as in, we're not going to change the rules, but you know what? We're going to put pressure on Pirelli to change their compound tyres because we don't see the data. Yeah, when Pirelli say, oh, yeah, oh, the sim data was handling something different, but we don't see that. We've not seen any evidence. We've not seen any tyre blowouts. We're not seeing right. any issues with tyres for the first part of the season. So actually, what was the reason behind it? I get what they say and what the press release said, but where's the evidence of that? If anything, I would have said it was the opposite. Those tyres were clearly able to hold the, the pressure and the, the stress on them because there was no issues with them so is is it a roundabout way of doing it without actually being out in the open it's the FIA these two things happen so true yeah yeah and and kind of just to kind of touch on that um something that we've mentioned on earlier podcasts is I know the FIA put all of their statements out on their official website you know why they gave a penalty etc um but I think it would be really helpful if they essentially kind of do like a press conference like I know we kind of I don't know if you're into the Premier League but one of the things that like crying out for is like have the referees explain their decisions but come out and talk to the yeah. people and explain why so I think for all the media that the drivers and the teams do have the FIA come out and say these were some contentious results this is why and instead of being a piece of paper they come out and actually talk to the audience so hopefully they can implement something like that in the future mm. so it says so why did you change the tire compounds and there could be a statement hidden away on their websites that we came out because of x and y and z and the data shows this or doesn't show this and this is why so if, hopefully a bit more transparency from the fi in the future if, if you are looking for stuff like that generally f1 tv are very very good at explaining exactly why the fia yeah. did xyz so we that's don't, just we don't get for, f1 tv you don't have to yeah, rub I it know, in my face Jacob. just because <laughs> i don't live in the uk and i have access to f1 tv and don't have to deal with sky sports luckily um i don't mean to show off yeah thanks for that <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah f1 tv are pretty good i don't know if they maybe do some stuff like on their youtube channel I'm not they do a lot of technical stuff sure. on the youtube channel yeah i think is it sam i think it's sam he's yes. really really good sam, like, he's, yeah, he's, he's really good brilliant and, and albert when he does him is really good as well yeah yeah absolutely so mid-season well now it's race week so just past mid-season let's start in constructor order red bull what can we not say about Red Bull? <laughs> They've absolutely dominated. Um, Max and that car are just man and machine melt together. Uh, what can we say about their season so far? I uh, One thing I would like to say, and I think most people are in agreement, is did you see the comments that Zach Brown made earlier on this week slash last week? I did. Yeah, about Cheshire. They, <laughs> they were brilliant. They were brilliant. I won't quote it directly because I can't remember it off the top of my head, but essentially, Zach said, Max is in a league of his own. If they had two Checos in the car, this championship would be wide open. Oof. And Oof. he is absolutely right. And I think that we it's all well and good 
saying that the Red Bull is an absolute rocket and they've got their domination locked in for three seasons, but they don't without Max. <laughs> That's literally what it is. Max is the difference between great and legend as far as far as I'm concerned in terms of like the 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 car and like how successful that actually is kind of hope that something goes wrong not this weekend but next weekend so that Vettel's nine win streak is safe um he can join them in nine win straight but I think I think he needs to do something to not to not beat that because that that's a special place in my heart those nine wins in a row um but I think other than that like I think you you do have to bet like take that with a pinch of salt in terms of how good their season has been because it's just Max is just levels above anyone else in that car yeah, I mean, it goes back to the same debate we used to have with, you know, Schumacher, Ferrari, Lewis and Mercedes, you know, how much is car, how much is driver. Yeah. But sometimes you just get, like you say, like you're saying, that's a synergy. You were saying that's when two just go into one and it's just a dominant force. And it's it's not one or the other. It is purely, you can see both of them in complete harmony and synergy, you know, with each other. And you can only appreciate that as, as a fan. Yeah. You know, as much as people don't like it, you just look at it and just go, wow. Yeah, we're seeing some especially in terms of performance and what this Red Bull can actually do. Yeah, honestly, please do drink it in and enjoy the dominance a little bit, even if you're like an opposite fan, like you're you're an opposing fan, let's say, because I think it will be a few years until we see another like level of dominance like this, because this is unreal. Even at Mercedes' height, they never really got to this level of dominance. Um, yeah. Um. Last, I think, two points on Red Bull and then we'll move on because their season's been amazing so far is do we think that they can win every race this season? And what do you think, honestly, are Helmut and Christian's thoughts on Checo's performance, not just this season, but what they see for future seasons? As they know, teams will catch up and you kind of want two strong drivers. Otherwise, they could be losing the constructors. If you look at 2021, whilst Max won the Drivers' Championship, they didn't win the Constructors. And I know that's very important to Red Bull. Um, I think first, first and foremost, Constructors is the most important thing they go for. You know, the Drivers won in second, second to that. And I think a lot of fans, they, they forget that quite a lot. You know, when the team set out at the start of the season, they're going for the Constructors' title. So they're not going yeah. for the Drivers' Championship. It's normally default. You know, it's normally a good bet that if you're in the running for the Constructors, your driver's going to get the Championship as well, mm. just just by pure mathematics and how it works. But that's what they go for. I think Checo is doing... It's really hard because I... Personally, I think Checo is going to keep his place until the end of 2024. Yeah. So I think his current contract, I can't see it changing. And when you've got a driver who's second in the Championship, like he currently is, and he's the only person who's won a race apart from Max's season. And we talk about Max's performance and as we were just saying how good he is. At what point do you just go, actually, he's doing what's asked of him? Because start of the season, his quota would have been constructor championship and second in the driver's championship would have been his own benchmark personally. And he's hitting that currently. So it's really tough, I think. The criticism sometimes levelled at him is qualifiers let him down, don't get me wrong. And that helps him in terms of the car performance coming back through the pack. Yeah. But actually, it's it's not been a disastrous season. Um, but in terms of can they win every race, I think yes. I think there's a couple of tracks still which might Singapore springs to mind, Brazil mm-hmm. springs to mind as, as two potential opportunities for some teams to maybe get some points in terms of a race win. 
Um, yeah, we know Red Bull haven't been traditionally as dominant around Brazil, but lots of Mercedes have. Singapore is one of those, that first corner, anything can happen and, and mix it up a bit. So I think they're probably my two standout races for the season, which might not give them the 100% record. But unless there's a reliability issue, I can't see anyone beating any other way. Uh, I totally agree. And I think, and we mentioned this on last week's podcast, right now, the car and Max are doing well enough to cover for Checo. If it was more competitive with the Mercs, the Astons and the Ferraris, and they were at risk of losing at constructors, I think Checo's seat would definitely be possibly yeah. up for grabs at the end of this season. Yeah, I think I think Checo is pretty much doing exactly what he needs to do. But the issue is, is just the the gap in points and in performance is just so glaringly wide. That's the issue. That that's yeah. what it is. He's not he's not like doing what you'd expect of him in terms of performances in a car that good, but like he's somehow hanging in like onto second place in the in the in the championship but almost through dumb luck at points like completely honestly and i think that it's also because you know if you were to put let's say charles or lando or george or someone else in that car obviously results would more than likely be very different and i think that's where obviously the the criticism comes from it's not it's not by saying oh he's a bad driver or anything like that it's just that the gap is huge that's what it is um, yeah. And I know I jokingly say that Sergio fumbles the bag every week, but he he does, okay. and that's on him. To be completely honest, <laughs> it it just yeah, <laughs> it just yeah. is. Um, but let's move on. Who's second in the constructors at the moment, Ash? So it is Mercedes. Yeah, Mercedes didn't have the best start to the season. Um, had a big uh, change in the car design, which has generally improved it, but it's not as consistent as I believe they would like. It's kind of been a. I think they've written off this season. And I think they're working on the car as a base for next season. But I think one thing I'd like to point out is, and kind of you've mentioned this as well, Terry, with some of your posts, is a lot of people were riding off Lewis Hamilton after last season when George beat him. George is a new up-and-comer. Yeah. And this season he's come up and he's like, don't don't count me out just yet. And has really shown George, like, I'm still the number one guy in this team. I'm the one that they pay multi-millions of pounds for in the contract. And I think it's Paul at Hungary shows he's still got it. And I think second half season Hamilton is just a different beast altogether. And I think if there's sure. anyone that's actually going to win a race in the second half of the season, I know Fernando was up there. It would be interesting when we talk about Aston, what will happen for them in the second half of the season. I think he's a guy that's going to break that Red Bull dominance. But yeah, have you found Mercedes, George and Lewis in uh, the season so far? Um, it's been an interesting season. I think, like you say, they made the development change. They made it too late in terms of this season. A lot of the work that's going into the W14B, as it's most commonly known, is getting ready for the W15. Um, so there's a lot of development work, which is giving them a bit of help now, but it's actually more about the baseline for next year. Um, I think from their point of view, they know they made a mistake, but cost cap has really restricted them. They've, they've been open about there's a lot of things they would have changed on the car, but they yeah. can't because they're not allowed to. Um, and I think when we talk about the dominance here of Red Bull earlier, I think in a non-cost-up area, we might have actually seen a very different style at the front because you know we all know that the, the money bags behind Mercedes would literally chuck the kitchen sink to, to get that performance back, but they can't. So um, in terms of Lewis, 
I think he's come out this season fighting. I think last season he had a 2021 hangover, which is totally understandable. He lost the championship in the circumstances that he did, and then the car wasn't nowhere near performing. I think he probably spent the first half of the season thinking, do I still want to do this? Which is normal human nature when you think about what he's achieved and what happened. Whereas this season, I think he's definitely shown that he still wants it, like you said. And he's definitely proven a point to, to George. He didn't like that at the end of last season. You could tell that. And I think on one of my posts, even pre-season, I said that he would be looking list this year, if nothing else, to put put the beating on George to just say, actually, <laughs> you know, I'm the number one Mercedes driver. You know, yeah. you're, you're up and coming, but you're not there yet, mate. You know? <laughs> yeah, I agree. Jacob, thoughts on the Mercs and the drivers? <clears throat> um, for me, I think Lewis's poll in Hungary was unreal. It's one of those things which you can only do if you're that good. And he just is that good. Um, you can't take away anything from that bloke. Just a- absolutely phenomenal. And it just shows that, like, I guess that even, obviously, Fernando is a prime example of, of it as well, that, like, age is just a number at certain times. Maybe not in terms yeah. of consistency, but every now and again, everything lines up correctly and you just absolutely smash it. Um, I'm hoping it's not a one-off. I'm hoping that Mercedes do a little bit more um towards the towards the end of the season obviously this half of the season um but i think that also you do have to remember that i think lewis was spending a lot of time last year developing the car and trying to show exactly where it was weak and was doing a lot of testing and stuff like that um in order to make this year's car better um so i think that you do have to take that in mind that you know maybe lewis would have scored even 10 percent more points than he did last year um and i think that you know on a different day last year um lewis very easily could have won in brazil so i mean it's it, it could have happened um and i honestly think that the win only happened because lewis was doing development stuff in the car during the first half of that <laughs> season last year so um it'll be very interesting to see what happens this year obviously um singapore is a track that they that they could you know do very well at um as is brazil so who knows maybe um maybe lewis will bring it back to brazil the only thing really that i would argue is a real negative coming out of mercedes even with their performances and you know it's not been amazing but it's not been terrible they kept complaining that the car was rubbish and it was like mate look at like mclaren they are in the bin um but i think that the only thing really looming over them is the hamilton contract talks um which yeah, I was they just bring need that to up. wrap it up like that's my thing just get it wrapped up i understand that oh no oh he's not an ambassador but he is but he isn't and then there's issues with contracts and stuff like that but like we all know the contract's coming um toto obviously leaked it i guess to a kid on the sky sports kids f1 broadcast in hungary which is just brilliant um we all know it's happening it just needs to be over and done with i think um that's my only thing really other than that mercedes have had a decent enough season i think a couple of podiums here and there and they've they've shown that they're still about essentially nice nice so third is a team i guess from last year we didn't think they would be saying that they're third in the championship is aston martin so kind of a reverse mercedes started off really well uh fernando getting multiple podiums you know the whole 33 the win at spain Made some updates to the car, which, uh, of course, it drop off in performance and allowed Mercedes, McLaren and Ferrari to catch up. So I'm guessing they've identified the problem, they're saying, hopefully for the second half of the season, they can get that car back to where it was. 
and maybe we'll see Fernando on the top step or the podium again. And I, I think they can. Um, someone with the talent Dan Fallows and the team he has around him will be able to fix that problem. And I'm pretty sure they've set this season up as, like Mercedes, like, we know we're not going to do that well this season. I guess they're overachieving. But we want to make sure we get as much testing experience to set us up for 2024. I guess the real question is not around Aston Martin, but around the drivers. Right? Fernando is performing well. He's got a contract for next year. We'll see him next year. Lance... The reason they're third in the championship and McLaren and Ferrari are close is because Lance is not performing at the same level. We know he's not the same level as a driver. But at one point, do you put nepotism aside and the team first and say, maybe he's not the right person for this team if we want to be where Lawrence Stroll says they want to be in a few years' time? I'm I'm going to make a small prediction in terms of if Aston Martin don't have that third locked in towards the end of the season... I think somebody will have to have a word with Papa Stroll and say, <laughs> "Yeah, you need to you need to bring in like yeah. Nico or someone like that who has a like a wealth of experience, or bring in a junior. Um, like you could very easily bring in a junior um, because I mean, I I don't I think that Stroll has it, but." not enough if that makes sense like he doesn't have it enough yeah. on a repetitive basis yes he can pull off a turkey 2020 but he'll then put it in the wall next week three times in a row like it's it's just there's no level of consistency he can turn it on and randomly have like a really good weekend but he's only beaten fernando once this season and that was because alonso was like nah i'm not gonna bother attacking him <laughs> like it just yeah it's just unbelievable um again don't have a problem with lance but i just don't think that he's quite good enough for for that seat essentially or it could just be that it's a similar to max and Checo situation where you could put anyone in that second seat and they're not getting anywhere near Alonso. It could be that situation too. Yeah, I mean, I, I was a little bit disappointed at the start of the season because I would like to have seen um, Felipe Drukovic drive the first couple of races just to see actually, you know, what he could have done in it because he did really well in testing. He, you know, he, for me, he's a good young driver who I think could produce in competition yeah. and probably deserves a shot in F1. And, you know, Aston Martin have got a ready-made replacement if they go down that route for, for Lance Stroll. So True. It, I kind of would have I kind of would have liked to have seen it and then Lance come back and then you could have had that comparison and to say, actually, you know, look, look how close he was to Fernando or or something like that. I think, I think Jacob is spot on with what you're saying. I think that if they want to be a championship winning side, they're going to have to make a change. And they've also got to not let, you know, Fernando's only got a couple of years left in him. I mean, I know he keeps going on and we keep joking about Fernando retiring, but ultimately he's only got a couple of years. We know that obviously Honda are coming in 2026. Um, Honda like to bring drivers with them as part of their contracts, <coughs> as Yuki. we know from from Yuki <laughs> and AlphaTauri. And, you know, it's a well-known it's a well known thing that Honda like to do. Um, and with Aston Martin being the only people being supplied by Honda, I'd say it's a safe assumption that they certainly want one of their Honda sponsored drivers to be in that Formula One seat. So that's going to bring its own pressure to the team and what they do with the line up there as well. Because a couple of years down the line, Fernando, can you see Lance Stroll being a team they don't know? So what do you do there? So, and it's a good seat, like you say, with the performance. Um, it's a good seat. I mean, they've they've had their issues, like, like you touched on with the performance drop off. They think they've solved it. Um, a lot of rumours over what caused that. 
which is quite interesting. Yeah, the, the main one I hear is a front wing. That was yeah, a bit of a flexi, flexi wing and a, a bit of a you need to change that before we tell you to change that. Which you know is one of those. Is it a, is it a rumor? Is it not? It's one of those we never know. But if if you if you look, it deflects a bit at the beginning. It certainly doesn't now. So um, who knows? But they they've seen confident. They've solved it. So um, fingers crossed they can get back to performance because they dropped a hell of a lot. When they were yeah. agreed to come into yeah. it, with it, yeah, but I don't think it helped that it was paired with the tire compound changes. So I feel yeah. like it was a bit of like a, like a, like a sucker punch. Double really. whammy. Yeah, it was it was a double whammy. Um, but to put this question to you, Terry, just very quickly before Ash chimes in, um, and Ash is a big Fernando Alonso fan. I don't know if you know, <laughs> but last week I asked him some this or that questions. You have to pick one or the other. And I asked him whether or not he would take this over the other thing. So Alonso was to win his 33rd race. So he was to win a race this year. However, he retires at the end of the season. Is that something you'd like to see happen? Or would you prefer to see him, you know, not win a race, but carry on for the next year or two? Or even um, longer? I'd like to see him win a race. And I think, you know, we've got to give some younger drivers a chance. Right? I think Fernando's yeah. great and he's proved up with his podiums, but also the car's good. So, you know, he, he's a great driver, but look what he's achieved. And they, there's got to come a point, hasn't there, where you go, do you know what? Enough's enough now. You know, let's, let's move on a bit. Let him, in, let him enjoy his retirement a bit. Yeah, I think I said, like, the vibes purely <laughs> from him winning his 33rd Grand Prix would be unreal and then he could oh. literally come out like if he was to win in Singapore or Brazil or maybe even in Vegas for the first time and then be like, oh, and by the way, I'm retiring at the end of the year. That is almost the perfect way to go out as far as I'm concerned. Um, and hopefully he won't unretire again. Um, <laughs> but like, I think it's almost the perfect way to, to go out. And I guess also it would give him the opportunity to go and try Indy 500 and go for that triple crown as well. There is that as, as well. So, yeah. Um, but okay, cool. Sorry, Ash, you were, you were going to chime no, in. No, I was just going to mention on Aston was their <clears throat> yes. downfall was also paired like so with the tie compound change, but also the McLaren, Ferrari and Mercedes bringing upgrades that are working. True. Um, I said the opposite, Terry. I said that Fernando would continue racing. Oh, and, really? uh, <laughs> uh, well, I've only listened to like the first 20 minutes of his high performance podcast, but he talks about his mindset and continuing racing. Yeah. So um recommend everyone give a listen to that. I'm sure it'll be a great episode. So P4 with, I mean, I don't really know where to start with Ferrari. I actually <laughs> just don't know where to start with Oh, I'll tell you one thing, <laughs> not, not half, this half of the season, but the next half of the season, I'm looking forward to whatever they're doing in Monza because apparently they're doing some special one-off livery to celebrate the 24 hours of Le Mans, which is pretty cool. Okay, which says I mean, a lot they, about Ferrari sure. season. If I'm looking forward to a livery more than <laughs> more than the rest, are you even looking season. forward to a livery? Because remember when they teased yellow and it was just the, the sliver of nah, yellow. I reckon they'll do it properly this time. Like 20 winning when 24 do. hours of Le Mans is a big thing, especially Ferrari to like turn up first year back, win it. That's unreal. So I hope that they, you know, um, they do something big. And what would be especially nice, a very, very nice touch, was if they were to give one of the first FP sessions to one of the drivers who participated. So if they gave it to Giovinazzi or something like that, I think that would be a very nice touch um, for the first laps of the weekend to be done by him. I think that would be really lovely. Just Ferrari marketing team, you know where I am. 
But yeah, Ferrari, I mean, the fact they've just been neither here nor there. I know they made some big changes to the car, got rid of the bathtubs, went for the swooping floors. I missed the Charles tub. and Carlos, um, you know, are just doing what they can. I think Charles has, um, he's, uh, he always performs well every season, but I think, you know, his performances in, in Azerbaijan was good. But they just, they're just mad. <laughs> I don't really know what to say about their season. It's just been so underwhelming. Average. It's been average, yeah. hasn't it? And yeah. that's, that's something which never sits well with Ferrari, is it? Because, yeah. I mean, ultimately, that's what it's been. It's been an average season. It's been nothing spectacular. A um, lot of work going on behind the scenes. You know, non non staff have changed over since um, Fred took over. Yeah, hell of a lot of behind the scenes work going it's on. Lot, and yeah. yeah, so I I think a bit like Mercedes, they've kind of written it off and gone, this is it, this is what we've got yeah. now. And that's well, what, what we've got. What have you, I guess we're not even going to talk about driver performance, but what have you made of Fred Vassour's performance um, as TP? I understand it's not been the longest time for him. And change takes time, but do you think do you think you can see where he's trying to steer the team and the changes that he's making? Whether you know he could have done more to keep certain personnel or get personnel? I'll, you know, I'll let Terry answer this leading. first, but I, I've got but, an um, this. Yeah, what are our thoughts on Fred Vasseur? I think he's done a good job in terms of what he's inherited, and um, I think. I think Ferrari need number one driver. I think they need to do a Red Bull. I think they need to just put their put their flag in the sand and go, we've got a number one driver, and that's who we're going to put everything behind. Um, when they've got two drivers, it never works. Their best their best areas were the Schumacher era when they had a designated number one driver. Everyone knew who it was. They put everything behind him and then went with it. So, And I think Fred's in that camp. I just don't think Carlos is the driver who would play second fiddle. And I think that's their issue at the moment. So... It's going to be interesting, but he's an experienced pro. It's whether or not he can cope with the fact that they're a mediocre season. And I think he needs to come out of the gate strong next season or he's going to be in trouble personally. Hmm. For me, I think that the fact that it's taken them so long to make changes or for us to be able to see the changes... Um, I think Canada was an anomaly. They did very well in Canada. Um, but I think it just shows you how deep the rot actually potentially was in Ferrari. I think Fred has got a much bigger job than he potentially even anticipated. Um, and uh, I think that that's part of the issue and part of the reason why this season has been mediocre because they're so focused on, you know, trying to set up structure and get ready for the future and trying to, you know, change things up and refresh things instead of trying to win a championship on vibes and heritage. They're going to need to put a lot of work into that. Um, so I think, or I'm hoping that, you know, next season we do actually see Ferrari come out fighting a bit. But at the same time, I I hear what you're saying, Terry, around, you know, having a first driver. But in my opinion, I don't know if Charles is that person. Bear with me. And I'm saying that in terms of Carlos knows this team don't make the correct decisions half the time. So Carlos takes charge, whereas Charles is a wet yogurt. He just needs to, for once, say, no, I'm not pitting, instead of going, oh, okay, oh, no, uh, and just make a decision, have a backbone and say, no, I'm not pitting for mediums three laps into the race, you morons. I'm going <laughs> to stick on the softs for another nine, and then I'll come in. Shut up. Like, that, he needs to have a little bit of oomph about him, if that makes sense, you know? And Carlos is yeah. absolutely nailing that. 
Um, and I think if the, if it carries on, Carlos will probably eventually outperform Charles. Charles really needs to not grow a backbone because I'm sure he has one and I'm sure that, you know, he, he can do it, but he needs to start doing it a lot more. I think there's been teases of it happening so far this season and hopefully he can kick on the next half of the season and, um, you know, make Ferrari his team, not he he be part of Ferrari, if that makes sense. He needs to, like, do what Michael did and, and drag them out of the mud a little bit. Um, that That's just my opinion. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm a Charles fanboy. I love him. I think he's a fantastic driver, and I think he will be a future world champion. One thing I think he doesn't have, and I know this is memed and it's loved about him, and I think it kind of goes to his popularity, is that if you look at Alonso, Hamilton, Vettel, Max, even to an extent Nico, mm. these guys have a little bit of a, you know, don't fuck with me streak, right? Yes. Like you say with Carlos, which is yeah. why they're champions, right? They're, you look at multi-21, you look at Fernando and Hamilton just going at each other, you know, I don't see that with Charles. I know he, he just seems too nice. And I, I don't know if it's not in his character for him to just, well, I know, what, what's his name? Will Buxton says that you have to have that inner bastard if you want to be a Formula One world champion. Like, as much as like Schumacher gets his controversy and his hate for his incidents he's had with Hill and Villeneuve, that's what a world champion, whether we like it or not, does. Right? It's even Lewis in 2016. I'll back Nico up if it means I win the championship and force him back. And yeah. I just don't see that with Charles. Maybe he'll get it. Maybe he will like. Maybe he gets it when he's not at Ferrari if he leaves, but he doesn't have the killer instinct. Mm. Um, and I think, like you said, he needs that. Well, at the very least, he's not showing that. That yeah. that's what it is. He could have it behind the scenes. He could be the biggest bastard ever known to man. <laughs> like he could be so demanding of his engineers. He could be like you know. He could be that person, but from the outside looking in, it just doesn't seem that way. Um, and he's just got to pull out that inner bastard from somewhere. Just a little bit. Just just a teeny tiny bit. <laughs> okay. Have Love you got your glasses. papaya glasses on? Yeah. Of course to... I've got my papaya glasses on. Let's go. <laughs> Looking at comfy of... for it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did not think we would be saying this at the start of the season, but P5 McLaren. If there was ever, you know, a turnaround, a feel-good story, you know, from snatching victory from the jaws of defeat, mm. it's been McLaren. Do you know um, what, right? <laughs> I will say it's so much sweeter seeing Alpine in the mess they are right now as well. It just makes it even better, even <laughs> sweeter to watch uh, as a McLaren fan. Um, and there goes our Alpine partnership. Um, but, for, <laughs> but for me, I think that, again, I do have my, my papaya-tinted glasses on. Um, but the season started out like electrical problems. We had to retire the car and blah, 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 blah. And we couldn't really see, you know, the skills of Oscar um, and Lando. We just couldn't see them. Um, and then to have lead laps during the beginning of the British Grand Prix from you know retiring the cars and stuff like that first couple of races is amazing it's such a big turnaround um and it's it's really really nice to to see um uh oscar as well do as well as he's doing um i think that he was very unlucky in belgium 
um in terms of the actual race in the sprint race he did phenomenally as well uh by leading one and a half two laps i think it was um and to be fair it's he probably could have held on a bit longer had the car not been set up a bit better i guess um because i guess that with the car being stuck in park ferme they had to sort of have this weird setup and stuff like that and so yeah but i think mclaren have have turned the season around massively um i wonder whether or not they will be the team or mercedes will be the team to you know maybe even snatch a race win away from away from from red bull who knows um but i think that with with and i've said it before the most lando norris thing to ever happen would be oscar piastri to win in monza that would be the most lando norris thing ever (laughs) because your teammates beating you there twice um it would it would be the funniest thing ever um uh but i think that i think that there's the potential for for a race win even which is just miles apart from where they were at the beginning of the season um so but that being said um i think that they got off to such a such a rocky start and they should have been where they were three four races ago at the beginning of the season but i'm glad that obviously the new the new um facilities and stuff have come ahead um and that like honestly the the oscars as exciting as he is like he is arguably the most exciting rookie since hamilton arguably in in my opinion with my papaya tinted glasses so (laughs) yeah Terry, because <laughs> I think we've had enough bias for <laughs> now. <laughs> no, I, I think you, you summed it up brilliantly. I mean, you know, McLaren will be delighted where they are now, but they should have been there beginning of the season. But again, yeah. that's cost cap development. We all know that we all know they had a problem with the floor, um, and they made some mis- mistakes with it and couldn't correct it. But they now seem on top of that. Um, I'm with you on Oscar. I called actually Oscar beating Lando before the season even started. Did, yes, I'm a big fan did. of Oscar. You know, he's won everything at every level. It was no surprise the contract negotiation going to get into it. So I think that there's a potential where he had a couple of races where he didn't have the same car as Oscar. I think that showed. Yeah. Um, uh, sorry, it was Lando, so he, that showed a bit as well. So I'm excited for the second half with those two. Mm. Um, I wouldn't put it past Oscar to, to beat Lando to a win. You know, calling whether or not it'd be Monza, but it, it would be when it would be a Lando thing, too. I actually think it's a genuine, genuine thing. And I think for me, the bigger interesting thing is Oscar's contract is up before Lando's, and that's that could make for a really interesting sort of second half of the season. And some folks are circling because you know, Lando's 2025, Oscar's 2024, with the possibility of a year extension, yeah. But actually, with, with the driver market like it is in 2024. I think there's going to be a lot of teams with one eye actually maybe with dialing Mark Webber and seeing what his availability is going to look like. But I think it's exciting for McLaren fans. You know, I think they've got the basics right now. They've got a good platform. They seem settled with their new structure changes, new wind tunnels online now. Yeah, it's exciting times. Yeah, they haven't got to go all the way to the old Toyota wind tunnel anymore. Yeah, all of those things will benefit them. Even cost-wise, it will benefit. Because even taking your car over... Over yeah, where where the Toyota wind tunnel was would have cost you. So even mm. things like that, you make a saving on. There's little things like that which people don't realise in the cost up era that allows you to do more. And 
their new structure seems quite good going forward. And they got some exciting people coming as well. So not forget who's joining January the first, actually. There's some big change at McLaren once the season's over, even so. Yeah, absolutely. Ash? No. Um I I think a lot of people wrote off McLaren and there were a lot of jokes about it being attractive, but I am not obviously an aerodynamicist or an engineer, but I saw potential in the car and they had a lot of bad luck at the start of the season with both drivers where I think they could have done better. But I think the biggest story of the season, bar Alpine and the chaos that they have, is Oscar (laughs) Piastri. And if I'm Lando, I'm looking over my shoulder for next season because I think that could be fireworks. Mm. I I think especially because if you're Lando Norris, and I know that he said he's got confidence in the team, right? But if you're Lando Norris and you're like, oh, I've signed a deal until 2025, but one of those Red Bull seats could open up, like, you know, could open up soon. And and Oscar's doing pretty well and his contract's up before mine. Ooh, have I made the wrong decision here? I especially because guess who's in bloody uh Christian Horner's phone book as part of the Red Bull family? His manager. Um so I think that that's also a pretty interesting dynamic to have. Um so especially because in all honesty, this this summer's silly season has been rubbish. It just has. Um nothing's happened. It's been really, really boring. Um, which hopefully means, fingers crossed end of the season slash next season silly season should be a bit more explosive um but who who actually knows to be completely honest it's it's going to be next year 2024 a lot of contracts are up yeah Yeah. a lot a lot are um which there's a lot of one-year deals as well there's a lot of extensions being triggered deliberately to put the teams in the market as well people are forgetting that the teams want to be in that 2024 market just as much as the drivers do so they're they're only triggering one-year extensions or one-year deals because they they want a part of it next summer as well so yeah, absolutely. Okay, we, we haven't got weeks and months and years, but Alpine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, How it, not to run a Formula One team? It's a car crash, <laughs> wow. isn't it? It's it's unbelievable. Um, it's just, I, I don't get how it can just go that wrong um, for, for a team. I think that it's, let's be honest, it's literally Rossi's fault. Um, it's trying to micromanage a team too much, I think, um, as opposed to, you know, just letting something lie. Um, but I mean, they've not had the best season. Um, I'm the only thing really, cause I, I'll be honest with you. I'm not the biggest fan of Alpine. They're just there. They just exist on the grid. I'm not overly bothered. Um, I'll talk about them and if they do something amazing, of course, whatever, but just, they're just there um but my thing is is that i'm kind of disappointed that esteban and pierre haven't got into some big argument or like on track <laughs> some drama. fireworks like some how, fireworks. Has no, some, how has there been no fireworks you're telling me that t- you've put two angry frenchmen who don't like each other in a room together and nobody <laughs> said anything that's a lie something has to happen that something has to happen at some point and i want to be a fly on that wall in that room like it's i'm it's, sure you know. drive to survive will be there or they'll oh, make something I hope so. they'll make something yeah but but i thought it's going to happen in australia when they they yeah i thought that was going to be it i thought that was it surely that's going to be it yeah same thing expecting it and no nothing it's like but does that show you how poor a season they've had when you know they're not even they don't seem bothered fighting with each other you know no i think it's definitely a step up for pierre though i think from him leaving alfatari to go to alpine it's definitely a right step for him um for sure 
as a, as a driver, but I'm not too sure about you know what next year could bring as well. Especially with I know that it would never happen, but obviously with the rumours that AlphaTauri are going to run this year's Red Bull next year and stuff like that, which is just it's just not going to happen. Like it just won't. That like there's so many rules and stuff against that. Um, but it could be even be that you know AlphaTauri leapfrog um alpine as well especially with how badly things are going um with uh, team endstone and any thoughts on who would replace otmar if they decide i'll do it <laughs> if they decide on on anyone yeah, like, well, yeah, we'll just but, but, but being banded about quite a bit um yeah. he's still on he's still in his um vineyard i believe until the new year anyway yeah. he's had a extended He's had an even more extended gardening leave from Ferrari, so they gave him six months and then gave him another six months for good measure. So um, I can't see him arriving before January if he does arrive. Um, in terms of your houses out there, there's there's not a lot of good team principals who you would say would go. And also, with the uncertainty around their future and how they're being written, you kind of argue which team principals would, would want to do it, if I'm honest. It's kind of a bit like a poison chalice, isn't it? It would probably yeah. be somebody who just wants that on their CV. That's all yeah. they want, just yeah. some sort of experience like that on their CV. So maybe like a technical director or like head aerodynamics. Yeah, wants to make some, a step up somewhere. Wants, a bit like uh, someone like Jane Fowles. Exactly, step up. yeah. Wants to yeah. make a statement. Um, or it could even be, you know, somebody from one of the F2 teams that, that makes a step up as well um who knows literally zero idea but you're right it is almost like a bit like a poison chalice at points um i don't know how well anyone could do in that job um we'll go through the last four together because i think they are kind of good williams has alpha and alpha tauri williams i think done well alpha seem to start well drop off they've had the odd good result here with you um, Alpha Tauri. I mean, ugh, I don't want to talk about Alpha Tauri because I said Nick DeVries was going to beat Yuki. So you, you, you have no wheel knowledge. Like, I don't get how you thought that was going to go well. I really, I was don't. just going there's, on there's, previous data. There's, there was only two points in it to be fair when he got sacked, exactly. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah I, Danny Ritz. It's only one. One point finish away, really. Let's be honest. True, um, <laughs> yeah. but I Danny think... Rick is back in F one and seems to be doing well. Yeah, and Haas just you know, hey, we'll be good for a couple of laps, and then you'll never hear from us again. Yeah, they've built the perfect quali car, is what I joked. Uh, I joked yeah. with them about um, because they have they've built the perfect sprint race car. Essentially, yeah, um, they go through tires really, 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 really quickly um and hopefully they're working you know with ferrari on trying to trying to resolve that as well because i know ferrari obviously with the partnership um and ferrari also eat through their tires pretty quickly as well so they're probably working on something together realistically um who knows uh the one thing i think from those four teams that you mentioned that i really want to talk about is the contracts for for both Haas drivers because i think that there are so many new partnerships with with Alfa Romeo trying to rebrand into Haas potentially with through the engines and then also them having such a close relationship with Ferrari and the Ferrari Driver Academy and stuff like that I think that it's you could throw a dart a dartboard and and randomize who's going to be in those seats next year I don't know if Kevin's justified another year which is really unfortunate to say I think if they're going to keep one over the other they're going to keep Nico 
um, as as far as I can see, which is a real shame. But they could surprise me, and they could they could stick with both their drivers. But when you've got so many junior drivers um, hanging around, um, I I don't know how safe that second seat at Haas is. Um, the thoughts, Terry? Thoughts um, on the four teams. I agree with what you say about Haas. I think I think Hulkenberg's swapping. I think it's uh, yeah, all, all the noise and everything I'm hearing is uh, Hulkenberg's definitely going to be staying. Yeah, um, it's a matter of of time in terms of a, an extension and what he's going to get. I think Kevin's in seriously. Look, you've completely nailed it with the Ferrari tie-up. Alfa Romeo sponsoring the engine, so it'll be an Alfa Romeo engine, which is really a Ferrari engine. And yeah, we've seen it before. And um, very much a play on words, but. Like you say, it brings the Ferrari partnership even closer. And I think what we've got to remember is that Sauber Ferrari partnership is disappearing yeah. season by season. Yeah, we know it's there until 2026 in terms of what, what Sauber buy from them. But actually, every year, Audi take a bit more stake, a bit more control, a bit more, yeah, yeah. A, a bit more how they want the direction to be. And that's not a Ferrari direction. So, I Every year, right. another so, ring gets added. <laughs> yeah, 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 literally. You know, you know. It's it's. Uh, I think it's a five percent at the moment. It seems to be five percent every year. It seems to be you know uh, appearing on the ownership. But but I've, there's a lot of noise coming out now about Stalber being tied up with actually being middle of the road and actually starting to develop for 2026 now. So I think Kevin Magnussen, if he does survive, it's going to be only because they can't secure a second driver who will do what they want to do. I think Mick Schumacher might have kind of put the doubts in Ingunter's head about going for a rookie, which might work in Kevin's favour for another season. Yeah. Um, would be the only thing I'd say, um, you know, in, in terms of terms of that. I think I think you're right. I think that the what helps as well is that they know it's the car, not really the driver. Like, they, they understand yeah. that, like, the car is just not where they want it to be. So that also goes in Kevin's favour as well um and especially with as you mentioned mick you know not really cutting the mustard for them in terms of you know crash damage and stuff like that that would probably point them back towards kevin but i mean who knows i've got absolutely no idea and i do think it's 50 50 to be completely honest as to whether or not he stays i think if he does stay it will be taking a pay cut um because i don't think that let's be honest i don't think that magnuson has a seat anywhere else so i think it would literally just be a case of right well, you're going to take a pay cut and then we can spend some more money on the car so you do better. Or we'll we'll bring in Vesti, for example, or we'll bring in Jack Doohan or someone like that. Like that, that They could very easily do something like that. Maybe not Jack because he's Alpine Academy, but you get my point. Um, they could bring in a rookie. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, f- final question, just to wrap up the mid-season review. James Fowles, what do we think of the job he's doing at Williams and... It used to be that oh, James has just taken that position because he will take over from Toto when Toto leaves. But it kind of seems like swaying towards James actually wants to build something for himself um, and really build Williams up to be a top team again. Yeah, I think I think he's done a great job at Williams in terms of, you know, you look at what he's dealing with facility-wise and um, the sort of mess he kind of walks into. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they, they need to sort out their second driver. Um, Logan's not doing it for me at all. And I think he's probably the biggest driver at risk in terms of being on the grid next season. I think him and Kevin are the two drivers, I'd say, 
likely to be changed for next season yeah. if I had to put money on it at the moment. Um, but I think James is doing a good job. I don't think Toto's going in there for a while, so I think that's allowing him to build up what he needs to. Yeah, at Williams, I think the um, the team behind Williams have made it clear they're not there to just sell it off, which I think was the initial worry when they came in, that obviously being what they are, that the initial thought was they were going to come in, build it up and just run for the exit. They've kind yeah. of proven that they're in it to make money and in it for the long term. Um, I think the FIA could do with backing them in terms of their capex and their facilities. I think it's absolutely ridiculous that you can't upgrade 20-year-old facilities and be yeah get penalised for it. I think that's just, you either want teams to succeed or not, don't you? So it's, it does have been true for me. When you've got Aston Martin building a whole new factory outside of the cost cap, yeah. exempt from it, you've got wind tunnel projects going on that are outside the cost cap. They should be allowed to, they should be allowed to, you know, do the bits they need to do on the on the factory without any sort of repercussion, cost cap wise. If they got the money to it, it's where I don't agree. If a Formula One team's got the money to spend on their facilities and upgrading, that's where we shouldn't be stopping doing it because if their performance drops off, that's when you're likely to lose them from the sport. True. If they can't build the facilities, they're more likely about to just disappear. So it's yeah. one of those, isn't it? Really, yeah. but I think he's doing a solid job, so, and I think they'd be happy with separate. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think you're right, Terry, in terms of like potentially there's maybe even a rule within the um, within the not the Concord agreement. I don't know why that popped into my head, but within the agreement within the teams where if a facility is older than 10 years old, let's say you are allowed to spend whatever you want outside of the budget to renew that system or that building or whatever but it has to be approved by the fia so you have to show when the last time what it was that you brought in new technology or whatever it is and you have to be able to prove that, that is still the technology you're using it's yeah. older than 10 years you are allowed to spend outside of the budget cap but you can't spend something ridiculous it has to be like approved by the fia so you can't like i don't know say for example it's a wind tunnel that you've had for 10 years um you build a new one um, you can't all of a sudden slide one in for like 15 million and uh, when it should actually be 10 type thing. Like you've got to make it a reasonable expectation in terms of the cash. Um, that, that's just my opinion anyway. Um, maybe that's something that needs to be looked at. No, no, I'd, I'd agree. So, I mean, the, the bigger teams, when they had the cash, so we've, we've heard a lot about Mercedes development on their facilities. And- yeah. I had a lot of questions on it, so I'm going, how are they doing it? How are they spending 90 million in Williams Cotton? Well, the bottom line is anything that was in the cost cap, they did before the cost cap came into effect. So everything they're doing now is all marketing. It's all, all the stuff that isn't covered by the cost cap that you can spend as much as you want on. And even that's like a grey area. But essentially, they upgraded everything that was in the cost cap before the cost cap kicked in. Same as Aston Martin's new factory. Same as yeah, McLaren's wind tunnel. Yeah. All those things, all the big teams, because they had the money. But obviously, Williams didn't. At the time, so it's just a shame. It, it's Huge it's one shame. of those, yeah. And Ash, um, I think I just covered it. Really, it's just uh, I agree with Terry. Where you're pricing people out the sport with this cost cap, mm. and if a team can't, like you said, what did you mention? That some of the stuff was like ten years old at Williams. No, it's like older. It's like thirty older years than old. Like 20, 20, 20, 20 years old. Like yeah. how, how, how do you expect them to bridge the gap to the mid table? Because they're both. I think they're all on around like eleven points, zero points, three points mm. to the mid table, and then hopefully to the top of the table. 
if they just can't change what they have and what they're doing. And you know, as well as I do, and I'm Terry, I'm sure that you have your thoughts and hopefully they're aligned with myself, is these top teams are working around the cost cap. Ah, Make yes. No oh, doubt yeah. about it. Yeah. They are spending way yeah. more than they're supposed to. <laughs> yeah, and teams absolutely. like Williams and all that are suffering for it kind of thing. Because even if they, like, they're not, but they didn't even have the means to set up a whole new company or have a Le Mans program or a new hypercar program where they can hide some of these costs and move stuff around. So I, it's just, I believe it's that, like financial fair play in football. Yeah, I believe that the sense. only thing that Williams have outside is like they've got some sort of company which is like Williams Applied Technologies or something or something like that. I'm I'm probably butchering the name. But that's to do with electric vehicles, so probably stuff to do for, with their Formula battery. E. So, yeah, Formula E battery bits and pieces yeah. as well, which is good for 2026, I guess. That could potentially come into play, which is nice. Um, but that's, I think, the only thing outside of Formula One, really, that they do is stuff around around like electric-powered bits and pieces. Um, and that's only I only know that because I follow them on LinkedIn. That's literally the only reason I know about it. Compared to... <laughs> project valkyrie or amg project one like where there are big heavy hitting things which very clearly any moron can see that clearly there's got to be some sort of fudging of numbers or some sort of oh i accidentally left this file on the photocopier in in the factory oh no crime stuff like that it's it's very obvious that something or some sort of communication or 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 passing of information is happening um yeah, it's, it, it is very obvious. Um, but at the same time, I don't know what the FIA can do to limit that because, I mean, you can't say you can't develop a car for Le Mans. You can't develop a hypercar. So I don't, I don't know where the buck sort of stops, really. I mean, they no, could I mean, do something... Sorry, sorry, go ahead, Terry. No, no, I was going to say, they're, they're getting better at it in terms of yeah. allocating stuff, but... We we all it's all around third party, isn't it? I mean, even like Adrian Newey's contract at, at Red Bull isn't clear what it is. Yeah, mm. it's a contract to contract. It's yeah, it's <laughs> it's a business. <laughs> he's a consultant, and um, I, I won't name the team, but you know, there's a Formula One team who I know who I was talking to somebody who was a third party contractor, completely decked out in full team merchandise from from said team, and doesn't doesn't technically work for the team, but was quite clearly spending a lot of time in the factory and quite <laughs> clearly spending a lot of, lot of time on the Formula One projects, but was was officially on the payroll because owned their own company. So, you know, it's obviously happening. And I think if I know it and they're trying to clamp down, but like you say, where, where do you do it? Yeah, we had yeah. Um, James James Allison in the Ineos Boat Project. Even, yeah, we've got Red Bull Advanced Technologies and the stuff they're doing and, Oh, it's just it's endless. All these yeah. other businesses they're doing. Yeah, so technically, Helmut Marco isn't employed by the Formula One team as well. So there's some sort of loophole there too. It's just yeah, there's so many like grey areas. That's what I mean. Holes. I mean, Helmut Marco, if you go on, is a shareholder for you know for Red Bull, um, but he's down as a hotel owner, which gives you everything you need to know about. Yeah, not even as so a driver, odd. manager, or not even anything. His profession listed on Company's House is a hotel manager and a hotel owner, sorry. So that tells you all you need to know about what's going on in the world of Formula 1, is it really? That, you know, I didn't even know how Marco owned hotels until I looked up on Company's House. Apparently he does, <laughs> <know>. yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, cool. I think that's uh, 
event season review done. Yeah, that's um, this half, but now we've got a whole other half to look forward to. <laughs> true, true. Well, I say that we've been we've been all sat at home twiddling our thumbs waiting for F one to come back. But I mean, I'm going to be the first person to say it. it's just going to be the Max Verstappen show again, and I don't know whether yeah, or not the half the fans <laughs> will, will even be interested. You know, uh, that's that's the it, one it's thing. All, it's just like, no, we just a, we just look at the Formula one point five championship. Yeah, Formula one point five championship. Yeah, that that <laughs> definitely helps. Um. Yeah, but I I think that it's all well and good we're going back to racing, but it will just be the Max Verstappen show again, which leads me into one of the things which I think I spoke to you via DM about Terry, which was if we had to not put your money where your mouth is, but if you if you were a betting man and you had to put money on which race Verstappen was going to be confirmed as the drivers' champion like this year, what race? would you Oof. bet on that happening? Because let's be honest, it's going to happen. Unless, you know, I mean, something I mean, stupid happens. I haven't even done happens. the maths. What, what is the maths? Are, you, are we as close oh. as... You know? So, Ash looked it up last week, week before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, our last episode. So, we, we looked at the maths. I think the earliest you can do it is Qatar. On a technicality. Uh, um, but, but like, that's only if Sergio DNFs every single race between now and Qatar. And, you know, I think yeah, Sergio, yeah. I think Sergio has one. No, so yeah, Sergio doesn't win one race before Qatar. I think Max Max does it. Is was something like that. Um, Crazy. Yeah. I I think he'll do it in Japan again, but I think it will be very obvious that he's done it this time and not like last year where nobody really. Yeah, knows. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, from from a Red Bull Honda partnership, they they firmly like him winning in Japan. Um, <laughs> Martin Wise, it always goes down well, doesn't it? So, yeah. you know, I'm not for one minute suggesting that Red Bull would try to manufacture that way, but it would be a very good marketing, and especially after what happened last year with all the confusion over it. And yeah. They probably want a, a much more, like you say, a clear cut, a much well, more celebration there. Well, the race before Japan is Singapore. Yeah. So it could be another crash game. <laughs> well, let's hope that there isn't, game. but you know. <laughs> Uh, let's just, hope just that to get isn't. that Honda win in, um, in Japan. But Ash, would you like to explain to Terry why you what you don't want the championship to do to be decided by? Yeah, a sprint race. That would be the most underwhelming thing ever. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. yeah I hadn't even thought about that. Bad, if it? you win it like on a sprint Saturday, <laughs> like why? You yeah, know, literally. Yeah, Saturday afternoon, you're now the champion with your little medallion around your neck. Brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, that would yeah. be very, very odd. Um, that that that's one of my gripes with that. Luckily, we don't actually have any sprints beforehand, but we do have a sprint at Qatar. Yeah. So, oh gosh, yeah. Don't can you imagine? Sprint. Can you imagine? It, it would just be so underwhelming. It really I mean, I know would. It's yeah. Season, yeah. But it would just be like I don't know what would be worse: winning it and then not thinking you've won it, and then just being told by Johnny Herbert that you won it. And you're like, oh, okay, that's oh, cool. Or winning it on a sprint Saturday. Or winning it on a sprint Saturday, <laughs> you'd just be like, uh, the absolute worst. Yeah, that would that would not be ideal whatsoever. Um, but I, I still think he'll have it wrapped up in Japan. Um, but I think it would be huge for the sport if he won it in the US at Circuit of the America. 
Yeah, that that are would we, be huge for the sport to win it that weekend would be unreal. Are, are we going to see some Liberty Media shenanigans? Probably, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I feel I feel it'd be guaranteed, um, wouldn't it? You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, they don't have their sleeper agent in Latifi on the grid anymore, <laughs> but I'm sure they've got buttons that make tires explode. Have you ever seen Cars Two? <laughs> Um, they've probably yeah, got something. The TV camera. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think one of those for for me is what it is is what I'd predict. But I I'm going Japan. I'm saying he has it completely wrapped up by Japan. Yeah. And oh, and gosh. and of course the second half of the season we've also got um the FIA could steal everybody's funding with their cost cap certificates as well. Yeah, yeah. We've still got that to look forward to this season as well for the second half. Yeah, that's. That's going to be a, a story brewing one way or the other, isn't it? To be honest about it. Especially, the best stories are outside of racing. Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but especially, I think it was it was rumoured that one team had broken it already, right? Was it was that was that a thing or was that yeah, a well, fake they, they rumour? Yeah, uh, it's, it, it's kind of a fake one and it's not. So mm. three teams were alleged to be over, but it's because it's the first round. So what happens is in true FIA fashion, the, the teams submit their cost cap to the FIA, the FIA comb for it and they go, oh no, sorry, that's not right, you're over yeah. it. Give it back to the teams. The teams go, no, you're wrong, look, because actually that was our, our AMG one or our Project Valkyrie cost that we, yeah. that we didn't include because that, that's not to be included and give it back to them. So that's our catering I think budget, there's, yeah. Yeah, that's our catering budget. That's our, you know, <laughs> our, heri- our heritage budget or mm. our, t- our tax we haven't added on or whatever it may be, yeah. you know, so... I think there's it's that dialogue that goes to and fro that that always happens on these submissions. So, yes, on paper there might be some teams showing over. Well, or not, that will show when the certificates come out. Completely different question. You know, I'm not at the moment. It's too soon to call it. If anything, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be because they're doing investigations, but they're doing a lot more this year. They're interviewing staff. They're pulling up emails. So they are doing a, a much more thorough in-depth to get around this loophole we talked about earlier. So yeah. there is a lot more going on for them to try and evidence some stuff. So it remains to be seen, but yeah, I, think, I don't know. I think the the honestly, the only the only people who can just, you know, swim through this sort of uh I sue it swim through? That's a weird analogy. Coast through would be anyone at Haas and Williams. They're just like, well, if, yeah. we haven't even got anywhere <laughs> just near it. In, yeah. Like, who just <laughs> yeah. chuck it in. It's just like, oh, yeah, but you haven't added your tax. Yeah, but it's fine. We're still 30 million under. Don't worry about it. Like, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. I think they're the only two teams that you can really <laughs> you can yeah. really say, I'll, yeah, they're fine. Our catering's a meal deal from Tesco. Yeah, so we're literally, fine. yeah. <laughs> we, don't have, we don't have any hospitality at the tracks. No, what's, I, I will defend Haas. Their hospitality suite was lovely. <laughs> I even had a, a lady handed me a free Coke. It was it was very delicious. Um, so I did have to fill out an expense report. But, I mean, it was, <laughs> um, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> uh, but one thing as well, we, we obviously we were talking about like summer break and financials and stuff like that. Um, somebody who dropped a potentially big financial bomb halfway through the summer break, very cleverly, I might add, was uh, Felipe Massa. Um, that's a bit of a bombshell to have dropped that the middle of the summer break. Um, very, very clever by their lawyers, or his lawyers, very yeah. clever. Um, and honestly, I'm all for it, to be completely honest. it's It's completely uh completely the right thing to do try and go after some money because very clearly if there's a blame there's a claim and he will get some money out of it 100 percent, he will get some cash out of it 
Yeah, I'm, I'm expecting, I think I said it on the video, I did, it's, I'm expecting the, the NDA and the, the silent payoff to, yeah. to have it going any further. And if I'm honest, it probably looks like from the claim that's what he's looking at. Yeah. Um, the, the sporting regs don't let you go back and change your rules. And yes, I keep hearing about you know, what happens and all of this, but you've got Max Moses is no longer with us. Charlie White is no longer with us. Buren is in his 90s and is already backpedaling on his on his magazine article. So unless there's some concrete proof somewhere, which none of us know about yet, of course, um, how do you do this? And also, the people involved got punished and were severely punished. So, yeah. you know, Lewis, McLaren at the time, they were nothing to do with it. They were no part of it. And the sporting regs don't let you go back. And even if you do, the FIA can choose to ignore it. I mean, yeah. it's the beauty of their own rules that whatever the sporting court decides, or even the legal court, they don't have to actually change change it. No. They can just go, that's nice. Which, <laughs> that's, you know, thanks for that. Yeah, I, I, I think it's it's just so clear and obvious. He's just very clearly seen there's a couple of million euro in there and he's gone, yeah, why yeah. not? Um, because, I mean, even from a court of law, if they were to throw the case out, let's say it, it made it to court, they could very easily throw the case out and be like, Bernie's senile. Like, are you going to take <laughs> yeah. anything that he says as gospel? No. Convi- convicted of fraud, you know. Yeah, convicted of fraud. Like, <laughs> you can't you can't take this man seriously, and it's immediately thrown out of court. So, I, an out-of-court settlement is probably what's going to happen. But, I mean, I kind of hope he gets some cash out of it, because you know what? Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Ash, are your opinion on the whole, the whole thing? Uh, I think you both summarised it. I also think... Um, just going on a more sporting view, you wouldn't want to win a championship like that. No, it, it, no. it's you don't it's want to win a championship happen. like 15 no. years later. If like no one will remember it anyway. If it was the last race, let's say it was the last race, and it was very clear and obvious that something had been changed, like to manipulate the results, like really, really obvious. Then of course, yeah, I can understand them him, you know, going after it even more. And I could potentially see them saying, right, yeah, we probably should, you know, take a title away and give a title. But even then, they probably wouldn't. But I think but where, that where it's you not your, Where is your obvious. line, though, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. But, the, but in this case, it's not clear and obvious. It just it just no. isn't. Um, yeah. yeah. <sighs> and, and you don't yeah. know what the other results would have been. Yeah, you know, exactly. So you um, and, and if they're not going to do anything about 2021... Uh, they won't do anything about 2008. No, but, that's but even so, if you if you look back at that race, yeah, would would Felipe be pushing for such a result if Ferrari and the Bottas pit stop and he got points from that and end up champion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing is, that, yeah, it's not as if it's not as if even that crash impact on it. It was the pit stop and then Fernando impacted on it. And then you also go back to that two, that 2008 season. You go back to Lewis. You go back to the Belgian Grand Prix and the disqualification, all these sort of bits. Yeah. There's so much conflicts in there. It wasn't just on that. You could open up a can of worms. And we've had so many titles that have been decided under these circumstances over the years, even before 2021. You know, True. Even down to Michael Schumacher letting Vessel through in his last ever race. So yep. glaringly obvious to get the points in the base. So where do you draw that line of, of you know, challenging results? That That's the worrying thing as president, because if he wins... Yeah. Then every other team will oh. say, "Oh, well, because that happened, we could have got X amount of points, and mm. we'd have got this much prize money, we'd have done this, and we'd have yeah. done that." Yeah. And the FIA will be handing out settlements left, right, and center. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah, it could so. it could even get as ridiculous as 2007. Lewis Hamilton is now suing the Chinese Grand Prix for putting a gravel trap by the pits. 
Yeah. <laughs> it could it could get that ridiculous. Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully it's literally just a case of, Felipe, shut up. Here's three million euros. Jog on. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually one chair. Yeah. Just, your, just here's a chance. check. Just, just don't write something ridiculous on it, please, Felipe. You were technically champion for 12 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Hopefully that's, that's the case of sort of, you know, wrapping it up, really. Um, yeah. But we'll have to wait and see. Uh, and then looking forward to the rest of the season, because let's be honest, nothing really that massive happened during silly season, really, or summer break. Nothing yeah. really massive happened. Um, so do we have any other predictions around the rest of the season? So any any races where, you know, you're expecting someone else to win other than Red Bull, anyone to retire, any, you know, any shocks, um, or whether or not we're going to see you know something absolutely insane happened like maybe you know i'm going to mention it again ash you're not going to like it but maybe the andressi deal comes through and is finalized <coughs> um you never know like any any predictions for the, looking towards the rest of the season from either of you two um i think you know andressi I've, I've talked about on quite a few videos andressi alpine i think mm. is a is a very strong possibility at the moment um i think it's been muted being kicked about quite a lot. I think it depends on the 11th team coming into Formula 1 and everything else. So I don't think it's an imminent deal by any stretch of imagination. And I think it's only in preliminary talks as a as a backup if they can't come in. Um, but I think Andressi wants to come in left, right or centre. And I think Alpine with their complete self-destruction might have just given him a perfect route in by taking over off the end zone. You know, Renault go back to supplying the engines, which they're always going to do anyway. Mm. It, it's it's a win-win for him, but I think in terms of racing, I, the problem is that the engine freeze is one thing that we talked about. We've had that's cost cap, but we've had the engine freeze, yeah. and they've made these engines just bulletproof because these teams who are used to developing engines year after year, making them faster, have had all this time to make them more reliable. Not yeah. that they need to be made reliable, so they are literally bulletproof. When was last time? You know, George, I think in Australia may have been probably last time, and even that was debatable over what it was. Has. You know? Kevin Magnussen. Well, that's, a Fer- that's, a Fer- that's a Ferrari engine. Oh, I yeah, that doesn't count. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but believe it so, you can count them on one hand, can't you? Literally. Yeah. I mean, they they very rarely go wrong. So I don't think you've got any chance or much chance of it happening mm. to a top team. But this is Formula One. Who knows? Yeah. But I think, like I said earlier, Singapore and Brazil are my two bets on could get a bit spicy. And mm. maybe when the championship wrapped up, we might see a bit of difference in. Yeah, you know, not needing to go for it or actually Max taking a few more risks because I still think even though he's commanding so much, he is driving conservatively because he doesn't need to. He doesn't so. need to drive like no. a madman anymore. No, no. But I think he's matured as a driver as well, so I think that's a big thing for him. But also, it's very different when you're fighting for lead, isn't it, to just being in cruising. We all know that you keep off the curbs, you drive within the limits. All those sorts of things, don't you? So yeah, I think I think that two things that point towards Max still being very switched on and still being very very hungry to win are one his overtake on Oscar Piastri in the sprint race in Belgium in the wet full yeah. throttle through a rouge. You don't do that if you don't need to, but he just went, ah, screw it, I can probably just overtake him now on the straight. Yeah, which is unreal. And the second one, which is um. Uh, which is what David Coulthard talked about on the um, Formula for Success podcast around how Max essentially saw DC in the pit 
and decided to drive as close to him as possible in Austria purely to give him a scare. <laughs> like that's the level yeah. that he's operating and just shows like he's still able to cruise to wins, but at the same time he still wants to win. Like and he still has that hunger. So it shows that he can do both at the same time, which again just talks to how unreal he's been this season. It's he's just a machine. He just is. Um but like I think that there's the potential for mistakes to maybe creep in i don't know we'll have to wait and see but probably not um and then i think going off the back of what you said terry i think that if there's going to be winners it's going to be like different winners sorry it's going to be at singapore or it's going to be in mexico but my wild card is maybe you have a different winner in vegas maybe um and also just monza purely because it would be the most lando norris thing to happen ever like that i just want that to be really <coughs> funny um but i think i think that me- there's a teeny tiny chance outside of you know singapore and mexico uh mexico um singapore and brazil is vegas maybe they're being someone else being being the winner well it's the unknown is there i mean we yeah, don't know it. anything yeah. about yeah yeah the drivers haven't driven it um brand new brand new series we all saw what it did to miami yeah. first time round. um it looks a bit of a mess over there so i'm not yeah. quite sure what what they're i'm not quite sure how they how they're going with their deadline because looking at the pictures i've been seeing um there's a guy on TikTok actually who's been streaming daily from there, which is quite interesting to to go down the the Vegas stretch and round the paddocks. And let me tell you, the pictures they're showing don't show you what's actually happening on, on the surface because it is a mess. Yeah, that sounds about you know. right. That's I guess echoes Jeddah, like not last year, year before, where like it was like yeah. sometimes the inside of some of these buildings were just scaffolding, like they yeah. just very clearly weren't ready on time. Yeah, and there's a, they're well over budget as well, which is mm. also a sign that they're panicking, isn't it? Because it feels like they're chucking the kitchen sink at it. You know, f- Formula One first ever race, they're promoting themselves, and they don't want to get it wrong today. So, but I think I think the whole thing around Vegas is going to be interesting. I think it's going to be a great spectacle. I'm not too sure the race is going to be great, but I think in terms of what it's going to bring to the calendar, mm. is going to be something really, really out, something we've never seen before. I think it's going to be out of this world. I mean, uh, are, we, night, are we expecting? Uh, sorry, are we expecting another driver intro rap oh, song? God, please, no. Well, I, I almost guarantee this is Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Adele. Yeah, Adele has a residency there. Lady Gaga, she could do it. Yeah, Celine Dion or something. Yeah, Celine Dion and something like that. You know. Nah, it's got to be more American. That think more American. It can't be Adele. She's not American. It's got to be even more American. It's got to be like. They're going to break Elvis oh, back to uh, dead or something. What, like it's got to name? be more Bruce, American. Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, I think you're going to have the scene like they're walking through the through the casino, through you know, past all past all the one on bandits and that, like, yeah. past the past the tables. You know, Blue Man Group playing blackjack in the back. <laughs> that's uh, it, yeah. Has anyone seen the Red Bull Vegas video? I have, I have yeah, it's all that, that one is so cool. That is really, really good. I mean, I can't say much for Checo's acting skills, uh, but uh, it's <laughs> yeah. really, really, really good fun. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, it, it was good. I need to watch that. It's um, good. It's really good. But uh, I also didn't realize. So, so I've been doing a little bit of research behind the scenes around drivers and when they were actually decided as champions. I've met. I mentioned it on the week the previous podcast that i was trying to do it but i was we know like you know jim clark was champion in 1963 
Um, but we, I couldn't remember or couldn't work out where he was decided as champion because I wanted to see which track crowned the most champions, which is a very, very odd statistic to actually have. But technically, we have had world champions decided in the US in Vegas, which is just quite interesting as well. I just wanted to throw that out there. How bizarre. Yeah. Um, so we've we've had the, the championship was decided. I've completely lost it because I was scrambling. Uh, 81 and 82, Nelson Piquet, Keke uh, Rosberg, both decided in Season Palace um, in Las Vegas, 81 and 82. So we've had world champions crowned there before. So... Maybe Max somehow manages to fumble the bag and maybe he's crowned there again. But um <laughs> who knows? But uh but yeah, I've been I've been trying to work out exactly what race decided every single one of like the championships and stuff like that. So like I didn't know that like the um the championship was decided so many times in Monza and stuff like that. I also didn't realise that where was it? It was um one of the drivers was crowned world champion after he'd actually died because of the way that the season results worked as well. It's absolutely mad. So I was just gonna say, if you're interested in like the some of the history of Formula One, go and have a look at like all of those like summaries that they have on Wikipedia and stuff like that, because it's just insane how some of these were were decided. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. Um yeah little bit of a complete tangent but there we go it was just it, was just, it just reminded me um around uh u.s grand prix vegas etc etc so but i i don't think that there's going to be many outrageous things happening in terms of results and stuff like that because i think that red bull will just carry on steamrolling the rest of the yeah. competition um yeah that that it just it is what it is it's, really it's too big a gap to close that you can't you even and also, most teams are going to switch to next year's development now. Yeah, it's so everyone's going to do it. So not just Red Bull. There'd be very little in terms of major developments coming mm. forward now. There'd be a lot of track specifics, a lot of fixes, some stuff that's already in the pipeline. But yeah. majority, it'll be everyone's turning to next year as well. So I that's going to keep the gap as it is. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the only team that I know that 100 percent are still currently focused on um on this year's development and mclaren and that's because they've openly said we're still focusing on this year's development but i don't think i think there'll be one or two other teams that carry on post summer break focusing on this year and that'll be it everyone else will just look to next yeah. year so but we'll have to wait and see but yeah i th- I don't think there's really that much else to cover unless we wanted to quickly preview zanvort but, oh, nice one. It's too much to preview. Yeah, not <laughs> not a lot to be honest with you. Um, other than some protesters turning up, that's that's literally about about it. There's nothing else really out of the ordinary. I think they'll turn up. Max just happen to win, and then we'll all go home. <laughs> yep, there be there be some flares, even though they're banned. And um, oh yeah, yeah, that'll be it. Yeah, pretty much. Well, okay, there I mean, we go. That well, was a quick review. <laughs> who's who's gonna be two, three, and four? Oh, Who, so who's the, the four uh, one point five So we, we call it. So there's a thing called um, man other than Messi because Messi was so good at Barcelona. So who's the man of the match? Man other than So we do man other than Max. Who's your top three? Assuming Max wins. Oh, top three. I would go Max. I'm going to go for Checo. Um, and I'm going to go Oscar for third place. Oh, just okay. to mix it up yeah. a bit. 
because I'm not sure the other teams will make that improvement enough quick enough. So, Probably like Aston's not, fix, no. I'm not yeah. sure it's going to be quick enough for, or Mercedes. I'm not sure they got a fast enough car there. Nice. I'm Jacob. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Lando, then Charles, then Checo. Don't know why uh, not, but <laughs> there we go. Uh, I'm gonna go Checo, Lando, and Oscar. I think that'll be the man other than Max Tuthery. Um I have some fun quick fire questions for you both. If you want to round up, oh, you've done that. Yeah, yeah, go okay, for it. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. And then we'll this up, is quick fire. So whatever comes to your head first. Oh God! Right. Okay, uh, Jacob, you're not allowed to say Subaru. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll start with you, Terry. Uh, what manufacturer would you bring? What car manufacturer would you like to bring into Formula One? Toyota. Toyota. Bring back Toyota, Jacob. So if I, yeah. if I can't say Subaru because you're being boring. <laughs> Um, I can't say Honda either because they're already technically <laughs> coming back. Um, screw it. With the gro- growing Formula One, uh, bring in someone like Dodge, or like Dodge. someone someone ridiculous or Koenigsegg. Uh, okay, interesting. Um, you own the team. Who? Which company would you like as your title sponsor? Um, me it would have to be Costa. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because that the, the like the the lovely Costa Toyota well. Racing. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've we've unlimited coffee. <laughs> I, I'm going to be semi boring and predictable. I'm going to say the Lego Group as the world's lar- largest tie manufacturer. Lego, Lego Dodge. Okay, Lego, um, Lego Dodge. <laughs> uh, uh, any city in the world yeah, you would like Formula One to race at, barring grading of circuits and safety. Uh, New York. Ooh, yeah, New York cool. would be pretty cool. Um, honestly, like a like a London city circuit would be pretty cool. London. Uh, what race on the calendar should be a night race? Australia, so I don't have to get up at seven in the morning. <laughs> uh, Miami. Miami needs to be yeah, a night race. Miami would be a good one as well. Yeah. Miami vibes. Okay. Uh, need two drivers for this. Uh, which driver would be a good team principal and which would be a bad team principal? Um, I think I think Lewis would make a good team principal. Yeah. Um, I think Fernando would make a terrible team principal. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I was going to say Lewis would make a really good one, but so that I don't steal the same answer and be a bit different, I would say... See, I, I, I don't think Alonso would be terrible... Um, but I would say, um, oh God, I've completely forgotten his name. His name's completely disappeared from my head. Um, oh, what's his name? He's not even, he's not even current. Um, Kimmy. As a good or uh, bad team? Principal? Good. Okay. Cause he would oh, say it like good. it is. I think, I think his bluntness would come across very well. Um, and then, and then a, a bad one. Um, I, again, not to steal the answer because that was my first thought was Alonso. Uh, bad one would be. I could very easily go with one of the inexperienced ones like Logan because that just wouldn't work well whatsoever. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, final question. You've got Paddock Pass. You've got the best seats in the house outside of Silverstone. Which race are you using that tickets at? Um, 
this year I'm using in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I think Vegas, <laughs> Vegas is is a very good answer. But I also feel like you know, um, Circuit of the Americas. You know, they've got that really cool, yes. like tall tower. That tower, yeah. I want to be on that tower because that I think is like the perfect place to watch a race from. Like that is unless you've got a, your own helicopter, that's the perfect place to watch a race. I think. And or you need fin- a toilet. <laughs> Final oh, <yeah>. question: <laughs> Is the next world champion on the grid, or will it be someone brought in? Do you mean other than Max? Because I was going to say yes. Obviously. So that's what I mean. Do you think the next world champion will be someone on the grid, like a Lewis or a Fernando, or do you think it's going to be fresh blood? I think it will be one of those Twitch Twitch trio. I think it will yeah. be Lando yeah, George. Yeah, definitely. Or, yeah. or, or probably not. Um, so you think Alex. someone already on the grid is the next champion? Yeah, I think someone already on the grid. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that was it. Awesome. Brilliant. Fun well, times, fun times. In ages. <laughs> um, but I mean, we said that we said that the last time when we had you on previously, Terry, like we could probably carry on chatting for years at this point. I know, it's terrible. Um, it? Yeah, it's really, it's it's good, but it's bad. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I guess we will we will go ahead and, and wrap up there. But first of all, thank you very much for joining, Terry. Really appreciate it because we know it was semi last minute um but also you you're pretty much always welcome on here let's be honest like we're not we're never going to say no um <laughs> but it would be good to have you on maybe again towards the end of the season or maybe after the after the season um yeah definitely for sure uh like i said doors always open but yeah thank you very much always a, a wealth of knowledge um especially compared to ash so i think that the, <laughs> um nice, but yeah nice. no thank you very much for taking this is why time. i don't miss you yeah this I'm is why. <laughs> um but that'll be it for for this week's episode hopefully zanvort brings brings a couple of brings a couple of uh different bits and pieces that come up who knows what it could what it could show but uh we will we will find out as we enter the second half of the season thank you all very much for listening and we will be back next week with a review and looking forward to monza cheers everyone cheers bye thank you